Good morning, everybody. It's really good to be with you. I was thinking this week, I can remember attending prayer meetings, I don't know how many years ago, uh, when this whole idea of planting a congregation in the south of the city was just like a little tiny weeny seed. Um, And I can remember coming to prayer meetings on Sunday evenings and just praying about this. And then I'm with you here this morning uh, with a wonderful congregation, and I just know this is a healthy place, a good church to be a part of. And so I think, well, Lord, you did it, and you're continuing to do it. And uh, it's just another answer to prayer um, and what God has done as his people came and sought him. Well... A welcome as well to our internet listeners. So if you're listening to us online, we're glad you're with us and we welcome you too. And so this morning, I'm just talking about another aspect of prayer. There's persevering prayer, isn't there? There's um, uh, all, all different types of prayer that we've been uh, looking at, hearing about. Um, but The sort of prayer I want to talk about this morning is asking and receiving. Now, we know, don't we, that God accomplishes the impossible through the vehicle of prayer. That which is impossible, as we come to him in prayer, he accomplishes it. And uh, nothing is too difficult for me, the Lord said. Is anything too too hard for me in Jeremiah 32? And so the title of my message this morning is Asking and Receiving. So let's read these verses together, shall we? From John's Gospel, chapter 14. So if you have a Bible or a device or whatever else, um, just make sure you switch your phone off after you've read the scripture on it so you don't get disturbed and nor does anybody else around you. All the verses are up there. So John's Gospel, chapter 14, and verses 13 and 14, and this is what Jesus said. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, in these verses, we learn three truths about prayer. And the first one I want us to look at is prayer is actually all about God's fatherhood. God's fatherhood. Jesus said, you can ask for anything in my name, in the name of Jesus, and I will do it so that, so that Jesus can bring glory to the Father. So prayer is about understanding uh, that God is our Father. And I must be honest and say it's only really in recent years that I've been able to grasp at a different level what it is to have God as my Father, as my Father, and for us to know that we're his children. As well as being a mighty warrior, our shield, our fortress... The great I am from the beginning of time to the end, God is our Father. And referred to as such 15 times in the Old Testament 
and over 200 times in the New Testament. Our Father, your Father, my Father. Now, our wonderful Heavenly Father knows all about us. The Bible tells us the very hairs of our head are numbered. And the Bible also tells us that the God of the universe, who's also our Father, knows us by name. In fact, he's even written our name on his hands. Isn't that amazing? And when we read that, that he's written our name on his hands, it means all our circumstances, all our trials, all our troubles, all the things that concern us are known to him because he knows our name. And his fatherhood, his fatherhood is oh so good. He has good plans in store for us. Again, Jeremiah 29, 11, to give us a future and a hope. What a good father we have. And that's how we need to see him in prayer, not trying to persuade some distant God, some distant power, not trying to move him or coerce him, but I'm coming to my father. So I can talk to him about whatever it is and I can ask him. And then as the answers come, oh, how we can thank him. My father, my Abba, as Romans 8 and Galatians 4 uh, tell us, meaning my daddy, my daddy, that intimate term brimming with affection and closeness. That's who I'm talking to. That's our Father in heaven. So prayer is all about God's fatherhood in my life. And I find the more I understand that and grasp that, the more that truth impacts and changes me and the easier it is to pray. Because I'm just coming to my Father. Jesus said, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that glory will be brought to the Father. So, that's one thing we learn in these, uh, these verses here, that prayer is all about God's fatherhood and bringing glory to him. So that was the first little point. And what about the second little point? Prayer is all about asking. It's all about asking. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. Yes, if you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. You know, Spurgeon was a, a mighty preacher in the early 1900s. And he had many students under his care. This was in London, in England. But he listened painfully one Sunday morning. He had asked a student to uh, just open in prayer. And uh, that was in the Elephant and Castle, I think, Central Hall. Vast, vast building. Hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of people. And this student was at the front and he was coming out with fancy, flowery f- f- phrases. 
and long theological terms, and he was going this way and that way and somewhere else. And Spurgeon tiptoed up to him and whispered in his ear, call him father and ask him for something. That's what prayer is, asking God. So what could be simpler? What could be simpler? Asking in the name of Jesus. Ask anything. Maybe it's a small thing. I know on on Black Friday, uh, John needed to pick something up from a store just right by Polo Park. And I'd already heard on CBC radio what the traffic was like there. Absolutely terrible. It was a madhouse. It was a circus. And um, anyway, there's John in the car. I'm safely at home. John's in the car going down to collect up, uh, to collect this particular item. And uh, he's on hands-free, and he's saying, Val, it's absolutely hopeless. It's absolutely hopeless. There's traffic everywhere. It's all backed up. I don't see a single car uh, parking spot uh, wherever I look. So I, I might just have to come home. So we agreed, let's pray. So we just asked. We said, Father, could you please give John a parking spot uh, right by the store where he's going? And near the doors, please. That would be nice. (laughs) So he stays on the phone uh, because now he's at Polo Park and and it is a madhouse. Um, And he turns into the parking lot for this store, and I hear down the phone, no, there's nothing. Oh, Val, it's terrible. And uh, I said, well, come on, we'll keep praying. Ask and keep on asking. So we said, Father, we really do need a spot, and we would like one near the door uh, to the store where he's going. Uh, We know all about the busyness, you do too, uh, but despite that, would you give him a spot? Oh, Val, I hear down the phone. <laughs> oh, there's nothing here. Come on, John, we're asking. God's got, got a spot for you. And then I hear down the phone. Oh, <laughs> I said, you have one? Yes, I'm just gliding in, he said. I said, where is it? He said, near the door. <laughs> so everything we had asked for, our father gave us. So maybe it's a small thing like a uh, parking spot and maybe it's something big but you know our faith grows in the small things doesn't it that's what I find anyway it's asking God for the little things that's where my faith grows and out of that I can ask him for bigger things Uh, our father in heaven is waiting for us to ask him uh, about our concerns ask him to do the impossible Remember, we started in Jeremiah, nothing is too difficult. Ask him to do the impossible, to turn things around, to move a situation forward or provide what we cannot. Oh, and by the way, there are different configurations of prayer. Just throw this in. Scripture encourages us to pray on our own in Matthew 6, 6. That's called a prayer closet in some of our versions. Go in and shut the door on your own, you and the Lord. And then scripture also encourages us to agree with two or three others in the name of Jesus. 
So here's your small group prayer. That's in Matthew 18. And then in the larger gathering with the whole church, that's Acts 1, 14, and throughout the book of Acts and some of the epistles and so on. So three different places to pray that scripture encourages us on our own, with two or three others, and with the whole church. But in this scriptural context, prayer is about asking. It's about asking, whether I'm on my own in my prayer closet, whether I'm praying with Alison and Ben. If we all are just silent, there's not much prayer going on because we're not asking for anything. Or in the whole church. And I'll be able to pray in the larger gathering out of my prayer in the smaller one, on my own, perhaps, in my prayer closet. So we need to get used to the fact that Jesus has invited us to ask. Come and ask, he says. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it. And I'm always rather um, shaken by this verse in James 4. Simply says, you do not have because you do not ask. And it always causes me to wonder... What have I not received in my life? What situations that I'm involved in that are not moving along, there's no breakthrough, what has not happened because I have not asked? Just some food for thought there. And thirdly, in these verses from John, prayer is all about receiving. You can ask for anything in my name, Jesus says, and I will do it. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Do you know there are 3,200 verses in the Bible? 3,200. And 8,000 of them are promises. And one of the most frequently mentioned is the promise of God to hear and answer prayer. That's one of the most frequent promises found in the Bible, that he will hear and that he will answer. Only just a few here, four, I think. Isaiah 65, verse 24. Before they call, even, before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. So sometimes God zooms in with the answer even before we've asked. I remember when I was working in the downtown classroom at the King's School, it was really a mercy mission. We had the children of newcomers there um, who really had just got off the plane and they were from war-affected countries and extremely needy. And uh, we had been given a fridge. That's a whole other story, how that came in. That was a miracle and an answer to prayer. Uh, because although we thought we were just setting up a classroom, God had other ideas. And so we ended up running a breakfast program and a lunch program. And a farmer was always bringing us eggs, which we hard-boiled. So that was a good, nutritious, safe snack. That went in the fridge as well. Uh, and then... Uh, there was a whole milk program that got going. So obviously we needed a fridge, and that's a whole other story how God provided that 
through a University of Manitoba professor. Uh, he was the one that God used to bring that first fridge to us. But it looked as if it wasn't doing so well. And sometimes there would be little puddles on the floor and little streams and drips and drops. But on the whole, it kept going. And then one morning, I came into the classroom down there and the fridge was standing in a small lake. And I thought, aha, the fridge has died. It's over. It's finished. It's kaput. And I was thinking, well, we need to start asking then for another fridge for the milk program, for the breakfast program, for the lunch program, for the eggs that were always there, plus the fruit and the veggies that came in. That fridge was always full. The day got off the ground, the busyness of the classroom and everything else. That afternoon, I had a phone call. The phone rang, and I... I I picked it up, and there was a voice at the other end, a lady who was an acquaintance, we'll put it like that, I really didn't know her very well, and she said, would you give me the address to the classroom, please, the actual specific address? I said, well, yes, I can do that. Uh, Why? She said, well, my husband and I, we both felt compelled this morning that we should go and buy you a new fridge for the classroom. So we've been to Future Shop, and we found the one we think will serve you well, and they're ready to come and deliver it right now, but we realized we didn't have the address. So give me the address, and in an hour or two, the fridge will be there. And I, th- I was aghast, and I put the phone down. I thought, before you call, I will answer. That was one of those. We hadn't even asked. Before you call, I will answer. All about receiving, this little point is. Keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for in Matthew 7. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. You know, um, I had really suffered um, in recent years with uh, gluten and lactose intolerance. And... If you've never had that, you don't realize that gluten is in just about everything. Wherever you look, there's gluten. And uh, lactose too, of course. And it was while we were living up in the Par, for those who don't know, we've just come back from living up in the Par in the north for two years and uh, looking after the church there. And um, so while we were up in the I would often get prayer for this um, gluten and lactose intolerance. And we had a a prayer group who met every Tuesday evening. And at some point in the evening, I would usually receive prayer. And here I was again, yes, Lord, I know you can do it. Thank you, Father. And the people who were praying were most earnest. And I took it very seriously, too. I thought, you know, God can do this. And it was just after Christmas this, this year, so January time, I began to feel very provoked, thinking, here I am, I'm stuck, actually, in asking mode. 
Here I am constantly. Oh, Father. Oh, my gluten intolerance. Oh, my lactose intolerance. Oh, Norm, would you pray for me? Oh, here I am, Lord, would you do it? And, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me January of this, this current year, saying, you're stuck. You're totally stuck in asking mode. How about receiving what God's given you? And I had to sort of get, get my head around that. I thought, you're absolutely right, Lord. What shall I start with? And I thought, well, a piece of toast with a gluten intolerance, um, a piece of toast, within half an hour, I would have such bad stomach pains and uh, things would just get worse from there. So I said, all right, Father, thank you, Lord. I know you are able and I've put my trust in you and received lots of prayer for this and I know you can heal me and I'm going to eat it half piece of toast. So I did, and it went down very nicely. And so the next day, I had a whole piece of toast, and then I just began to incorporate in other sources of gluten, and I've never looked back. <laughs> so, so it was a most amazing um, uh, amazing answer to prayer, but I could still have been in that place. You know, I could have had more prayer today. <laughs> oh, Father, my, my gluten intolerance, lacto- you know, I, I was stuck, and the Holy Spirit had to give me a nudge and say, well, how about receiving and saying, yes, Lord, I believe by faith you've done it. And uh, so that was a wonderful answer to prayer, and as I say, lactose as well. That's been fine. Uh, 1 John 5, 15. He will give us what we ask for. I'm watching the time here. Long story short, again, in the downtown classroom, it was all laid out with carpet everywhere. But after about the second week, I realized there was a thread from way over there that pulled all the way across and ended up over there. I thought, this isn't right. And then a week or so later, we noticed another thread. The cleaner started to complain that her vacuum was pulling up these threads and they were just running across the carpet. I went to the people who had supplied the carpet. Oh, no, I had it all wrong. This, this was perfect. This was, no, there was nothing wrong. I thought, I don't think so. So for many months, this battle went on of me insisting that this was not A-grade carpet that had been fitted, and them insisting that it was. And we prayed, Lord, just help them to see, Lord, move on our behalf. Let's have this carpet ripped up and replaced. But they were not going to do anything. It was clear. They were not going to do anything. And they just hoped... Uh, If they held out on me for long enough, I'd go away and give up. Well, unfortunately, they chose the wrong person. Um, But it wasn't because of me. But I knew I could come and ask. I knew I had a father who loved me very, 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 very much, more than I can even begin to imagine. 
And then one day I was reading in Psalm 37, commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence as clear as the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Because I'd been saying to the Lord, look, we're innocent in this. We have paid the price for first-rate carpet, but that's not what we've got. So we're innocent in this. Now, will you make the justice of our cause shine like the noonday sun? We're committing it to you, Lord. We're trusting in him, and your word says you will help us. All of a sudden, they sprang into action, and I had a phone call. When can we come to take up all that carpet and uh, replace it uh, with, you know, good quality carpet? So we arranged a time, and actually I said, do you know I've gone right off the idea of carpet now? What I'd like instead is top quality vinyl. Oh, yes, they said, of course. (laughs) So we had top quality vinyl tiles put down and the carpet was taken up. He will give us what we ask for, 1 John 5.15. I suppose what I'm saying is let's be specific in what we ask for. If we pray specifically, we will have the delight of seeing specific answers. But if I'm not praying specifically, I don't know what I'm going to see as a result. But let's pray specifically and receive those specific answers. You can ask me for anything in my name and I will do it, Jesus said. All right. Well, I'd just like quickly to share some examples from my own life and experience. And when I was preparing for this, I was a bit spoilt for choice about what testimonies to bring, because God's done so much, um, and I just love how he gives specific answers to specific prayers. So we went up to the PAR two years ago, care for a small church there, and inside one month in the fall of 2016, the audio-visual equipment in the church we were caring for was either broken or stolen. Some of it was stolen, and other pieces went up in a puff of smoke, literally. And so we had nothing. We could plug in nothing. Um, We had no words to put up. Everything was kaput. But we began to see this as an opportunity from God to start again and to ask him for the very best, and to ask him for more than we'd actually lost. So John and I began to pray together, and then the Tuesday night group, prayer group, came into it, so we had our corporate prayer group, um, and we were asking that God would bring it back, only much, much better, and more besides. So we don't know how this is going to happen. If you know anything about this sort of equipment, it costs the earth. So we didn't know how this was going to happen, but we were confident that it would happen because we were asking the Lord about it. Somebody remembered a legacy that had been left for the church um, some time, or a long time ago, actually. And it was left 
for a specific project for the church. And consequently, it was in a little account all on its own, and it had been forgotten about. But God reminded somebody about this. We'd asked our father to provide, provide finance and really good replacement equipment, and to do it quickly, please, because we wanted this all up and running. The legacy was found in a designated account, and as a result, we purchased a new soundboard, a new sound booth. In fact, one was created and built and made. There'd never been one before. A new multimedia projector, new computer, new microphones and stands, new speakers and stands, and a new amplifier. Now, we had a problem, and we didn't have the money to fix the problem, but it wasn't a problem to our father. Doesn't he own the cattle on a thousand hills, or is that just poetry? Is that just a nice little bit of prose that runs off the tongue? Oh, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, you know. Or is that a word picture telling me he has everything that we need and more besides? It was not a problem to our father. And as we agreed and asked in Jesus' name, he provided a complete overhaul of what was stolen or had literally gone up in smoke. Because the soundboard did. There was a bang and a puff of smoke and an acrid smell, and that was that. It, it was done for. And yet God brought everything back, everything back to us, more besides new, high quality, all because somebody left something years and years back, so far away it had been forgotten about. And God said, I have it, it's here. And you know, down to the last cent, um, as we finished buying, purchasing the last thing, or was it the sound booth that was the final thing? And that money had gone right down and was just about finished. It had thoroughly covered uh, our needs and been our provision. So that was very exciting. The paper mill in the par uh, we were praying for because at Christmas, um, it's that last year maybe, it was going to close and put on... Uh, put on the streets, really, 350 workers. And so we were really praying upstairs, uh, upstairs, up north in the par. Um, yeah. uh, we were praying, Lord, would you bring a buyer? Bring a buyer, Father, bring a buyer. A buyer who has the interest of this town in his heart and an interest in this mill, who isn't going to buy it and sell it on or try to after six months. I'll close it down. And I know they were praying at Panit at the prayer summits. Maybe sometimes you were here too. And wouldn't you know it, God brought a buyer from the States who specializes in turning around ailing companies. That's his passion. He loves it. And now the mill is a going concern. And in fact, uh, Josh Foster... Jason and Sylvia Foster went up there, and Josh has a permanent job in the mill, the mill that should have closed. And if it had, it would have torn out of the town the very economic heart of the place, and people would have up sticks 
and left because there is no other employer in, in the place. So that was a wonderful answer to prayer. We asked specifically, Lord, bring somebody who loves to turn around a, a, a business that's on a downward spiral and turn it into something really profitable and a going concern. That was our specific prayer. And that was our specific answer. A, a business person who does precisely that, God brought And so we blessed him for that. The nursing schedules, we had, well, a number of nurses in the congregation up there who were hardly ever at church because they were constantly being put on the Sunday schedule to work. And I said to John, this isn't right. Um, Let's pray that the schedules get changed and they're here on, on Sundays and can enjoy being part of the church family. And uh, so we did, and we did on Tuesdays. We started to pray that God would do something here. We didn't know what, but we asked that he would. And John went out for coffee with a visitor one Sunday morning and said to him, what do you do? And he said, I work at the hospital organizing the nursing schedules. (laughs) So John told him what we were praying for, that there'd be some changes so that our nurses could get get along on a Sunday far more than they'd been able to. And his response, this new guy that John was meeting for coffee said, well, that will never happen. I thought, right, you just, you just wait and watch and see. <laughs> Funding was released for more nurses to be employed, and our nurses were most often in the congregation enjoying being a regular part of the church family. Do you see the specific request and the specific answer? We didn't just say, Lord, it's such a shame. Oh, oh, Father, oh, could you maybe do something? And, but it, Well, anyway, thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> no, he said, Lord, these schedules need changing. Would you do it, please? They get changed. Just before we left, the, um, a lady in the church uh, was due for surgery. She had huge ovarian cysts, uh, which had made her very sick. She'd been in a great deal of pain. And just before we left in June this year, we prayed for her, John and I, at the end of the meeting. Now, we were back up in the par when Jason and Sylvia were set in as the pastoral couple to lead the team there. And in the meet and greet time, I heard somebody running towards me. And then I hear, Val, Val. And I turned around. It's this lady. And she's just shouting, they've gone, they've gone. And I I didn't know what she was talking about. I said, what's gone? And she reminded me. And after we'd prayed for her, she went to see the uh, surgeon. And there was another scan, x-rays, whatever it is they were doing. And the surgeon was completely dumbstruck and shook his head and said, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. The cysts are gone. There's not even a mark or a scar. They're just not there, he said. And he was um, quite destabilized, I think, by this. He, He could not figure it out. 
But, but uh, this lady was just, th- she knew what had happened. And she told him, and he said, well, I don't know if it's the power of prayer or the power within or what it is, but something's happened. Our Father loves to hear and he loves to answer and is wonderfully glorified, isn't he, when we ask in Jesus' name. The Humboldt crash, I don't like that clock on the wall there. The Humboldt crash, an extended a, a member of the extended family of one of our, our church folk was involved in that horrific um, bus crash and very, very badly injured. And so we got news, well, would we pray? And so we said, yes, of course, but send us news so we know specifically what we're praying for. And so the first little bit of news was he needs natural sleep. He needs natural sleep. At night, but he, his legs were so restless, they were just jumping uh, all the time, and so he wasn't getting the sleep that his body needed to heal. And so we just prayed about that Lord, would you just speak your peace into his legs? Would you just calm him, bring your order, Lord, into his physical body, and may he be at peace and able to rest? And so I think by the end of the week, we heard, he's sleeping. <laughs> he's sleeping. His, his legs have stopped moving and jumping. That was wonderful. And then the next little piece of news we had was that the doctors had said to the family, the communication center in his brain appears to either be non-functioning, or it's shut down, it's just not looking good at all. And so we started to pray about that. Um, as they were told, he may not talk again. So we were very specific, and we said, Lord, this isn't too difficult for you. It's not too hard. Um, would you awaken that area of the brain? Lord, we don't understand all about this, but you do. And so would you awaken that area of the brain? Would you breathe your life into it? Lord, um, that the whole communication center and his ability to talk would come alive again. And uh, by the end of the week, we got a message back saying he started to hum. I thought, how delightful. He didn't suddenly sit bolt upright in bed, speak a whole paragraph. He just started to hum. And then he started with single words and then a short sentence. And so the progress came. A wonderful answer to prayer. Thanks, Thanksgiving weekend, he went home. Uh, to continue his recovery there, he still has a long way to go. He was the last one left in the hospital. He has a long way to go, but Thanksgiving weekend, he, he went home. Let me tell you quickly about the Ironwood board. Um, John and I are sort of taking care of the Ironwood students, our internship program. And um, the whiteboard on the wall in the Ironwood room had definitely seen better days. Shall we just put it like that? And so John and I asked our father for a new one because we know we have a, a loving father who just thinks we're absolutely great and he loves it when we talk to him about these things. And so he said... Father, could we have a new one? There's nothing in the budget, and we also knew that whiteboards cost a lot of money. 
Could we have a new one? So one morning we were looking online at Staples and there was a top of the range large whiteboard for $3,300. But we rather liked it. And I said to John, that would be our choice, wouldn't it? We could choose, that would be our choice. He said, oh yes it would. So we prayed on and we kept on asking and a day or so later, John said, you'll never guess what I've just seen online and it was this very board still in the box unopened for $400. He made a phone call, he went to see the guy and if you're over at the St. Paul offices, um, just go and have a look in the um, Ironwood room and you'll see this top of the range whiteboard on the wall. Now why is it there? Because we asked. Remember what James said, you know, you don't have because you don't ask. We could still have the old grotty one up there, but we don't. We have a brand new top of the range one because that's what we asked for. My time has gone. I I do hope that this has been um, encouraging for you this morning. Uh, There are many aspects to prayer, uh, but this is certainly one aspect that we find in Scripture. But I wonder if you could just do something with me um, as we bring it into land. Can we just stand together? And we're going to speak out uh, some truth into our hearts and into one another's. So if we all stand, and don't worry about a blank screen, that's supposed to be blank. And I'm just going to read a line, and you're going to say it after me. And this is scripture from Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. And what we're not going to do is mutter into the floor, all right? Because that won't build faith in any of us. So we're going to say it with joy and with confidence. And even as we hear this scripture being said right here, right now in this room, I guarantee faith is going to rise in our hearts. Because that's what scripture does. It's truth. And uh, we're just going to bless one another with this. So I'm going to say a, a piece and you're going to say it after me. Here we go. Now, glory be to God. Now, by his mighty power at work within us, He is able to accomplish infinitely more. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask, think, or imagine. Than we would ever dare to ask, think, or imagine. May he be given glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus. Forever and ever through endless ages. Amen. Amen. Okay, find a partner. Find somebody. Pair up with somebody. The row behind you, sitting beside you. Everybody needs somebody. All right? Everybody needs somebody. Have we all got someone? Okay. Now, the first word is now. By the way, it's now glory be to God. So you'll come in with now glory be to God. And then by his mighty power at work within 
you is what we're going to say. We've said us, which is what you read in your Bible, but you're going to speak this into one another, and we're going to say you, all right? Now, glory be to God. By his mighty power at work within you. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than you would ever dare to ask, think, or imagine. To ask. May he be given glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever through endless ages. Amen. God bless you.